All right, welcome. Uh, this is going to be a brand new podcast. We're going to try and do this once per month. And uh, it is solely going to be focused on the Frontier Division. And uh, yeah, I'm just we're just going to dive right in. So uh, over the course of April here, this is how the standings turned out. Uh, Edmonton went 20 and 8. Calgary went 19 and 8. Las Vegas went 15 and 11. Santonio went 15 and 11. Phoenix was 13 and 14. Wichita was 10 and 17. Mexico City was 11 and 16. And Boise was the caboose at 7 and 20. So in a sec- couple seconds here, I'm going to ask you guys some thoughts on uh, basically what stands out from these current standings as of May 1st. And while you're thinking about that, uh, I jotted down a few other things of note. Uh, the Frontier Division went 42-37 and 37 against the Atlantic Division. So suck it. We're better than them. And that's even with Wichita and Boise being horrific with two and eight, a 2-8 and eight record against the Atlantic Division. All right, so what at this point, it's May 1st. The records are what the records are. What uh, what stands out? Well, for me, it's Phoenix. I figured they'd be a lot better than they are. I'm surprised to see them at 500. I figured that their pitching would be just good enough to let their offense win them a bunch of games, and that obviously has not happened up to this point. Um, I guess, do I think they'll get better? Maybe, probably. I would be surprised if they're still in the middle of the division towards the end of it. But with as competitive as we're going to be, being behind in April is not a good, uh, not a good situation to start from for sure. Joe. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, Boise seven and twenty-two is uh, stands out uh, a lot, but uh, I, I agree. Um, seeing Phoenix at five hundred um, is is a bit surprising, um, you know. And it's not like they've played poorly of late to fall down, or they played well of late to get back to five hundred. They've been four and six in their last ten, so they're just kind of kind of stuttering. I, you know, I, I expect them at some point to kind of kick it into a, another gear here, um, but. To me, you know, Edmonton, uh, you know, they had great success, uh, you know, the last couple of years. So that's really no surprise. But there's been a lot of a lot of roster turnover there. And to see them jump out of the gate uh, with a 21 and 10 record, uh, I'm surprised. It seems like all of the moves uh, that Chris has made uh, towards the, the end of last year and uh, in the offseason uh, seems to have worked. And. I'm not surprised he's in first, but uh, to see him dominating the way he is uh, uh, is um, a little worrisome for for the rest of the league, I think, or the rest of the division. <laughs> worrisome is a good word there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edmonton and Calgary definitely uh, definitely the leaders in the clubhouse, and and most people I think before the season even started had them to pick to be way up there, but they also had Mexico City pick to be way up there. And you're 11 and 16. I sure am. That stands out to me. I mean, yeah, Boise at 720 is kind of like holy crap, but no one, no one really picked Boise to like, you know, make the playoffs or anything. 
April April is a garbage month month for my team. I mean, like my whole offense has been mostly garbage. Uh, my pitching has been largely garbage as well, except for a few. Fam and Wagner both had good Aprils, but the rest of the staff has really not been good. So I'm not hitting the panic button yet. But give me get back to me about Memorial Day, and we'll see uh, we'll see what my condition is on that edition of this uh, this particular publication. <laughs> Okay, uh, a couple things that do kind of muddy the waters a bit. Um, if you really dig into who who's played against the division and who's played against the Atlantic, Wichita sitting at ten and seventeen. They're actually eight and nine inside the division. Their their record is bad because they went two and eight against the Atlantic. So they might be, I guess, better than they look at this point. Yeah, and I think the consensus was Wichita was probably going to be bottom three. So where they are now is not a huge surprise. It's a little disappointing that they haven't played better against the Atlantic. But, uh, yeah, when they start playing more, I think, teams in the in the division, I think they could uh, see their uh, win percentage uh, drop, continue to drop a little bit. Okay. Um, we had, uh, over the course of the month, looking at all the different uh... – Matchups we had two of them stood out to me at least as big matchups. Um, I played Edmonton eight times already, and uh, we managed to split them four and four. And Calgary played Mexico City eight times, and Calgary drummed them six to two already, which is uh, How about Boise's, Boise's winning record against San Antonio. You know, you have seven wins on the season, and four of them are against the Outlaws. <laughs> we started the last sim uh, winning the first two games of the series, and I was like, oh, I might have a 500 sim, but uh, maybe they're my, uh, my, nemes- maybe, my nemesis. Maybe if you played like, San Antonio seven games every sim, you might. Yeah, I'll talk to Recky. Maybe we can uh, make that happen next year. Uh, spend all your PP. <laughs> all right. Um, well, uh, for this edition, anyways, because it's so early in the season, if we're going to look at what teams are hot and what teams are not, it's basically just to look at the standings. Yeah. <laughs> so Edmonton and Calgary are clearly setting the pace. I'm not too far behind. I do have – we're the only three teams with double-digit wins inside the division. So that's a thing. Uh, I guess we can jump right to – some of the uh, outstanding player performances so far. Yeah, before we jump to that, and I, I know it's early and it's it's just a month in, and and I personally, I think someone even alluded to it maybe in Slack or the the message board, but you know someone said you know they don't really care what the record is or where what the standings are until forty games. I, I'm in that kind of forty to fifty games, and you know, yeah, that's getting up there to a third of the season. But uh, I think once you hit that point, you can kind of see it. To me, it's interesting that the the frontier division itself, the the run differential uh, isn't, uh, hasn't got out of hand. And, and yes, it's early, uh, but it looks like the teams that are doing well are truly a, are good teams. Um, and the, the poor teams are, 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 are struggling. I'm actually... Uh, underperforming personally and Fred's actually overperforming by game but for the most part it's <laughs> don't, don't give me it, that <laughs> it's pretty true but it'll be interesting to see how that swings if uh, a couple teams you know uh sputter but they're 
Pythag is better or teams are outperforming. It'll, that'll be interesting to see it uh, the next after the next month. Yeah, uh, I think as far as you know, it's the uh, it's still early. I don't even care what the records are. I kind of agree with that, but I, the way I take April is. I, I don't really care if I have like a super awesome record or anything, but like if you're Boise and you're seven and twenty, yeah. E- even if you play five hundred, you 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 improve the team and you play five hundred the rest of the season, your season is still over already yeah, because exactly. you're thirteen games under already. Yeah. So I think I think as far as early season baseball is concerned, I think the only thing you really care about is nobody get hurt and don't fall into too big of a hole. Right, and I think I think seven twenty is pretty much too big of a hole already. Yeah, but by no means do I think that I'll make the playoffs. You know, after this start, but you know, I don't think I'll finish with a two forty one winning percentage either. But yeah, it definitely I've put myself in a huge hole, and uh, Edmonton and, and Calgary have uh, built themselves a nice lead this early on. I think they'll both sustain it, and I, I think uh, it'll be tough for me to to make up the ground, but. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see people kind of start, you know, bunching up a bit, um, unless people just start beating up each other in the, in the division. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see though. Like you, you and I both had shit months to start the year. Like if you get a hot month later on or hot six weeks, I mean, that's all divisional games. That's the the one advantage the new schedule does. It might actually be easier to climb out of a seven and 20 start and run down a 20 and eight Edmonton because we've got so many densely packed divisional games all the way through the season. You know, you're not wasting your hot streak on playing teams from the other league. Absolutely. Very true. All right. Uh, should we jump into uh, who's been awesome so far? Yeah. All right. Uh, for starters, uh, this is definitely subject to change. Uh, just trying to find a way to sort these things and pick out some of the great performances. We just went with, uh, hot hitters over the month were just guys with over a thousand OPS. It seemed like a nice round cutoff number. I mean, it definitely screws some people. Dennis French, haha, he only hit 996. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it at least it trims down the list, or we'd be here forever. So we got was it seven? Seven batters had over a thousand OPS for the whole month. We got Calgary had two of them. Werner McConnell Jr. who I would assume at this point is kind of a household name. Uh, Lian Wei Mao. Chairman Mao. Chairman. Uh, San Antonio actually has three of the guys with over 1,000 OPS. Uh, Valentin Fitas, who uh, for my money is probably, I mean, he is going to be a front runner for the Silk if he keeps this up. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, San Antonio's first baseman, Tony Hernandez. And second baseman, uh, I guess, blast from the past at this point already, uh, Angel de Castillo. And then the other two members of the 1,000 OPS club are both Wichita players. First baseman, Dwayne Whitley Jr. And outfielder, Pedro Martinez. Uh, Does anything look out of place to anyone? I mean, you you mentioned fe- uh, fetus or fitus or whatever we're gonna call him. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call him fetus. Fighters. <laughs> I mean, he his numbers stand out. Um, I didn't. I remembered he had a decent year last year, and I went and looked, and his 
Uh, offense was great. His war wasn't great, so he probably stinks in the stinks in the outfield. I think he might have played center when he probably shouldn't have been. Um, but I mean, his given his ranking uh, or his his rating, uh, his performance the last uh, last year and then the first month of this year, uh, and he's making you know minimum. I mean, that's got to be huge for San Antonio to get that kind of production out of a guy. He did play ninety six games in center last year. Negative thirty zone rating. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, I I don't know. I always think the uh, these kind of super super great guys after a month of the season are always interesting to look at. You know, how many of these guys do we expect to be among the top hitters in the league even next month? I mean, I don't know. De Castillo hasn't been that player in five years. You know, I don't. These these are all kind of interesting, but. Who knows? You know, I, I don't know. Werner McConnell was on pace to hit 4,000 home runs or whatever the hell he was after the first two weeks of the season, you know? Yeah, he finished with 12 for the month. <laughs> he's, only, he's down to like, uh, I think, 140 60, now. 65 he's on pace for now. He's, yeah, he's also, also hurt right now, so. Uh, oh. All right. And uh, again, struggling to just pick a number so that the lists aren't uh, 5,000 people deep. Uh, we'll go with, as far as who is not a hot hitter, we went with anyone with an OPS under 500, which is <laughs> ridiculously bad. If you bump that number up to 600, though, there was like 17 players or something like that. It was ridiculous. Again, that's probably just early month, you know, early season shenanigans. But there was a player who that had an OPS under 500. Oh, box. yeah. He's a Las Vegas player. <laughs> My rookie third baseman, Jesus Jan, he hit his slash line 167, 213, 286. <laughs> Holy God, that's terrible. Oh, by the way, he's now in the minor leagues. <laughs> I had to send him down. He just, he needs to, oh, he has got to figure something out because that, I don't care how good your defense is, that is not good. <laughs> Uh, Only yeah. one there. Now, who uh, who replaced him? Was it someone off your bench or someone you called up? No, I called up another rookie, Phil Logan. No one's probably heard of him except Recti. Recti's probably, if he listens to this, will be like, oh. And he absolutely demolished everything his first week. He's already got .4 war. Not He's in April. Clearly going to be an April show. He had like two games in April and he was awesome. It's fine. Yeah, 167, uh, 167, 250 in April. That's all I'm going to say about that. He was nervous. He's working the nerves out. But, uh, anyways, so it doesn't matter. He's better than Jan. Uh, all right. Um, we can. Uh, is anyone. Uh, did I miss anybody? Does anyone know of anyone who should have been on this list besides Dennis French? <laughs> Come on, Dennis French, get over uh, the you clown. The only other thing that's hotter than those guys that you listed, I think, is uh, Fred's banana bread recipe. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Hashtag banana bread. Doing, doing cake tomorrow. Ooh. Homemade from scratch. Cream cheese frosting and everything. I'm coming over. Oh, my. All right. Uh, so we'll move on to pictures then. Uh, again, subject to change, just trying to make the list somewhat bearable. I threw a 20 innings pitched uh, limit on here. Got to have at least 20 or you're not showing up on the list. Hot guys were guys with ERAs or FIPs. I, I'm uh, I actually sorted by FIP. 
sub three FIPS with 20 innings pitched or on the reverse side, FIPS over eight. Um, I, I was going to do FIPS over seven, but again, there was like 20 people. So that's too many. There's only one guy over eight and we'll get to him. <laughs> so the guys who are technically hot, uh, Calgary's reliever, I believe this is the guy he just reliever converted this spring. Yoshitoshi Ota. Yoshitoshi. Uh, mm-hmm. He's rocking yeah. a 225 ERA, 30 strikeouts, and 28 innings pitched. So he is he is anchoring that pen. Pretty good return on investment there, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my boy, Sean Huber in Vegas, also rocking a 225 ERA and has 41 strikeouts and 28 innings pitched. So he is loving the super heavy workload I'm giving him. <laughs> Uh, San Antonio has a pair oh, of these guys. The return of Eurigs Carpenter. Yes, Eurigs Carpenter. That, ERA that's is great to high. See. I'm glad to see. That. Yeah, his ERA is high. It's he was three and one with a 3.86 ERA, but his FIP was under three, and he's got 36 strikeouts and 30.1 innings. And then his uh, his buddy Jorge Alvarez is rocking a two and one record with a 2.93 ERA and 46 strikeouts, 30.2 innings. So, uh, well, I finished the list here. Uh, uh, which, say, keep which, going. Yeah, which, Wichita's got one. He's got his reliever, James Robinson, who's uh, got a 305 ERA with 21 strikeouts and 20.2 innings pitched. And then last, and uh, we can say least, it doesn't matter, uh, Mexico City starter, Dennis Pham, has a 3-1 and record with a 273 ERA. Only 24 strikeouts, though, and 29.2 innings pitched. He'd strike out Jesus Jan. Everyone. That's not (laughs) not an accomplishment. Uh, I don't really know if uh, just sorting by sub-3 FIP is the way to go, but it is a nice small list. I guess uh, Eric's Carpenter kind of stands out. Heck yeah. I don't know why his ERA is so high. I don't know what's uh, like. His, San Antonio's his, got two of these guys. His BABIP is not high either. He's two forty-five BABIP. Hmm. He has given up four home runs. Yeah, I mean his, his numbers. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind. Of, I mean, it, it's still low, but uh, yeah, it, it's weird. I think he might have just gotten might have gotten unlucky. It could be something like when he's you know he gets pulled, the bullpen you know has let in some runs without. His uh, oh, his doing, but runs after other than the ERA, his, his yeah, his his numbers across the board are are better than his Carpenter season of uh, twenty thirty eight. So that's uh, that's that's scary that uh, he, he's back. Yeah, that is not what I wanted to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Fam's on the list, but yeah, Oda, Oda being on the list, that was kind of like, oh man. So that actually, so far anyway. Looks like one hell of a reliever conversion. Heck yeah, that's PP well spent. I know this Alvarez guy, I think he's kind of a clown. I don't know if he's going to stick around there for too much longer, but I'll say that. Does he start against me this sim? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then uh, on the flip side, and again, I had to get that list down, and right now there's only one reliever with an ERA or a FIP over eight. And that is, he's not a reliever, he's a starter. He's he a starter. A friend, he's friend, starting pitcher Francisco Barrera, who is 0-3, has a 7.30 ERA, and has a 
miserable 11 strikeouts in 24.2 innings. Why is he still pitching, Boise? <laughs> what do you well, have to say well, yourself? I didn't think I just may run him out there to set the record of most home runs allowed in a season because he's already given up 12 oh, in, in six starts. Oh, yes. That's poor. That is. So how, how's this stat line? He's, he's given up 12 home runs. He's allowed 14 walks, and he has 15 strikeouts. <laughs> those, those numbers are not supposed to be the same in any way. Bad. That's bad. That's bad. So you end up with a FIP over eight. All right. So moving on from that, we'll just jump into just uh, kind of a free for all here. Uh, just for the month of April, if you had to pick an MVP, who are you going with? I got a little list there with a bunch of guys who everyone who had over one war. Well, you only pick batters. I did only pick batters. You were correct. If if you can find some pitchers who had over one war, I'll be. Kind of shocked, actually. Kind of shocked. Wait. Uh, both of San Antonio's guys did. Carpenter and Alvarez. Oh, there you go. I'm just saying. I'm not going to look at the rest of them because I don't <laughs> actually care that much. <laughs> and those are the only two starters aside from Fam. Yeah, yeah. Fam. I, uh, I assume the uh, having starters... Uh, well, Fam hadn't even won more. There you go. Take that. Been on the list. Touchdown. Um, well, French is on the list. His OPS held him back from the other list, but uh, we'll put him on here. Um, I don't know. Do you, can you go with anyone else besides French? Oh, I got a stump for my boy. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, shortstop Miguel Rodriguez is rocking 1.1 war because he's uh, kind of proven that last year maybe wasn't such a fluke. Maybe. He like hated bats last year. The hell no. is this guy? No, he's a full-time player. This guy. He's, he's just uh, he's one of those all-defense guys whose bat is just good enough. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you pick anyone else but Fitas, Great. though. Oh, we're going to go with Fitas? Over I'm going to go with Fitas. Well, French plays yeah, I would. I, would yeah, I don't care. McConnell's numbers you know, are staggering, but I would say Fitas. You know, yeah, he's, he's been a nice surprise for them. Yeah, Dude's, right. he's got a he's got a twelve seventy three OPS. I mean, how do you not pick a guy with a twelve seventy three OPS? It's ridiculous. Four oh seven four seventy one eight oh two. That's bananas. Is he being platooned? Because I don't think French is. Uh he is being platooned. Oh. Oh. I know. All right, we'll go with Fitas. Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, right. Fitas. Maybe we'll never say your name again. I don't know. I hope not. Sorry, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if he keeps this pace up, 1.6 war per month. Uh, he's projected for 9.3 war on the oh, season. Jesus, that ain't happening. But if it did, my God. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want him to get injured. Maybe Let's next move year. on injuries. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year after he fills his ratings out. Oh, he's still growing. That's ridiculous. All right. Um, well, let's cover uh, some of the big injuries. So far in the season, there wasn't too many in just the division. Uh, the biggest is probably, what I think it's the most recent, too. McConnell Jr. going down with a fractured foot. He's going to be out three weeks. I don't know. Uh, San Antonio lost his buddy Chang Chang for ruptured Achilles. He's out for all three to four months. That's kind of a big deal. 
Mexico City is on here twice. Uh, Sin May with the high ankle sprain, who missed basically the entire month of April and is just now coming back, right? Yup. It's kind of a big deal. Kind he's of a big one deal. Of, one of your best offensive players. My best offensive player. And then uh, somebody no one's probably heard about, uh, Marvin Isworth, your second baseman, is going to miss three weeks with a hamstring strain. Yup. And something that everyone knows about if they listened to uh, the <laughs> podcast is uh, Boise starting pitcher Robbie Van Mierlo tore his rotator cuff and he will be out four to five months. Uh, do you actually consider that a blessing in disguise? Thank you. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, he's out and Barrera, I got to euthanize so i don't know who i'm gonna have pitched can you even afford to euthanize Barrero because Van Mierlo's out yeah i was gonna say that's two spots you gotta fill with other guys like yeah uh, can you find better guys that's really the question oh suffice it to say pitching has been your problem mr mr seven yes All right. Well, then uh, let's let's uh, put on our little. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that crystal ball. I'm sure, we'll do that. <laughs> put on, put on our crystal balls. <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. All right. Uh, I looked at all the schedules for all eight teams in our division, and uh, the schedule generator that Recti used to get this schedule is uh, apparently kind of sort of clones the schedule that everyone gets and just swaps the teams around. So in the month of May, between May 11th and May 21st, every single team in our division has three straight series inside the division. Uh, we can run through these real quick. Edmonton has to play Phoenix, San Antonio, and Calgary. And I got a special note here that all three are on the road. Edmonton, that's a 10-game road trip. Calgary has San Antonio, Wichita, and Edmonton. Las Vegas has Mexico City, Phoenix, and Wichita. Antonio matches up with Calgary, Edmonton, and Mexico City. Phoenix has to play Edmonton, Las Vegas, and Boise. That's probably not too bad. (laughs) Wichita has to play Boise, Calgary, and Las Vegas. And a special note on theirs, theirs is the only set of games that is actually a full 11-game set. They have two four-game series and a three-game series. They don't get an off day in the middle of that. Uh, Mexico City has to play Las Vegas, Boise, and San Antonio, and Boise gets Wichita, Mexico City, and Phoenix. So, looking ahead, who is screwed? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nobody. I don't Uh, know. It's going to be interesting to see how Edmonton comes out. Yeah, everything's being on the road. Uh, I already forgot to write down the note. Was it Boise? I think it's, I think it's you. Yeah, you have like six games against Rockville too, this month. So this could be a really, really not fun month yeah, for you. Starting the sim. Yeah, and I think someone else has. Oh, I forgot which team. This is horrible. Bad show. Could look it up. Too tired. Somebody has to play New Orleans six times. Might have been Phoenix. Ooh. If I'm guessing. Nope. Nope. All right. Whatever. It's somebody. <laughs> uh, uh, either way, though, um, I guess with it being this early in the season, I, all the records are topsy-turvy in the 
as it is, um, it's got to be either Edmonton or Wichita who's got the toughest schedule just based on Edmonton's on the road for all the whole trip, and Wichita's got actually 11 games, no off days. Yeah, it'd be a good time to get hot. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Wichita has the 11 games. Uh, they do play Boise, and I think if you beat Boise, it's only worth 0.8. Of a win, so that's why they have the extra game in there. Oh, well, okay, that's how it works. <laughs> All right, um, that's, that's going to be tough sledding for everybody. But I mean, like this is this is what I was talking about before. It's an opportunity that if me or Boise can string a few wins together, like that's how you get back in this race. Or in Boise case, if that month is as bad as it looks, then he's really in trouble. <laughs> there is that as well. <laughs> I mean. Um, I don't even know what to think. Edmonton is six and five on the road and fifteen and five at home so far this season. Oh, so we're gonna find I, out. I we're gonna find out that. who Edmonton is on the road this month. Yes. All right. Yeah, that'll be. I gotta break that down. That is something to track going forward. Home home road split. All right. Um. The I, other. The other. Uh, the other scheduling thing is uh, Mexico hasn't had any, any rainouts yet, I don't think. I, they don't start until later in the year. Monsoon season. Yeah, they get, um, like, oh, my um, first, I'll get through El the Nino. first couple months pretty well uh, pretty well unscathed. And then after that, my schedule starts to get compressed towards September and the first week of October. So that's good. I'll get all this shit yeah, baseball out of the way. And my team starts playing good when I have, like, 38 consecutive days. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually already I have a doubleheader yet with Charm City and Edmonton and I already played a doubleheader, so that's been build the roof, poser. Yeah, I don't actually. I think both of I was the way team for both of those, I believe. <laughs> so yeah, Edmonton uh, maybe it was snowed out. I guess I don't Could know be. if the game tracks that. I don't know, and I don't know what the heck. Oh, Brooklyn, you know, Charm Charm City's what Baltimore. Yep. East Coast spring. Yeah, yeah, that was probably, you know, yeah, it could have been snow too. All right. Um, so that is, uh, that's the future. Everything is uh, cloudy and murky. Our crystal balls are broken. And check back with us next month. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to our final two segments here. Uh, this one, I believe Joe came up with the name. We're going to call it What the Frick. Because we're in the Frick League, except we're not. We're in the Johnson League. I, thought. Yeah, I was going to say. Why did you think that was a good uh, idea? I don't care. We're sticking with it. Uh, and uh, so this is basically just uh, strange things or or things that have upset the apple cart maybe in the league. And uh, I guess we kind of come to the consensus that the big one was Valencia's two illegal contract extensions. Yep. What the Frick? And Valencia is in the Frick. So that actually works. <laughs> the game the game just says your game with Edmonton was canceled due to bad weather. Yeah. Not surprised. So no, do you have any thoughts on the, the uh, contract shenanigans? I don't know. I'm assuming it's just oversight. but So it's what still was the cool. most recent one? Was it... uh, what's his face? Yeah. That, the most on. recent one? Curtis. Oh, what, six? It was Kurt Love. Yeah, Kurt Love. It was four years. Four years for a total of nineteen point three six million. 
And the big one was Zalapa, right? Yup. Yep, that was the big one. So, yep. so yeah. So anyone listening to this, if you somehow haven't like read the Constitution, which read. we're all supposed to have done, Constitution. Yes. If the player has, it's, and I'm going to get it wrong already. It's less than five years of Major League Service time. The maximum contract extension you can give them is three years. Yes. And overall, max contract length is six years. Although I think I think that's actually set in the game. I don't think you can actually give someone a seven-year deal, but it'd be kind of fun to try. I think it was like Bo Jordan was the last one. Oh, the last of the long boys. If I remember that correctly, Bo Jordan with Halifax back in the day. And I know, like, it's kind of it's kind of hard because a lot of these guys ask for like four year extensions when they've only got three years or four years of service time. But you really got to be paying attention to your guys and their service time and try and figure out the right opportunity to offer them this thing. Like, and the reason for that again is because you take advantage of a guy who's got four years in and you lock him up, and then all of a sudden he gets good, and you've got him, you know, with one arbitration year as you're using for his base salary in negotiations. So it's just really important for the the whole health of the league that we're all paying attention to that. Yeah, I have two guys who are only in their second yeah, I year think, I think... asking for six year deals. <laughs> I want to, but no. Yeah, and I, I think it's a good, good rule. Yeah, yeah. The the contract AI in general is still like the who was the guy that signed the stupid deal this offseason Garcia for Garcia, yeah I clearly you cannot look at that and not think that um the AI can definitely be tricked game the game that's a three and a half million dollar deal and that's eh. although if no one else offered more whatever I don't know they'll figure it out all right and then we will wrap this up with everyone's favorite the John Reed award which we're just gonna we're going to leave it up to whoever's here on these panels interpretation of what you think a John Reed award would be. We need to so give it an official, an official name, like the John Reed award for exceptional terribleness or something along those lines. Just something Randy, long and obstructive. If Randy's ever here, it's John Reed award. He's going to give it to like somebody good or something. Randy's not in our division. Yeah, that's true. I think he might show up though at some point. Suck it, Randy. Anyways. My John Reed Award, I'll, I'll do mine first, is Boise and Wichita's performance against the Atlantic. You clowns were two and eight against the Atlantic. <laughs> we we went forty two and thirty seven. If you guys had just gone five hundred, we'd be like fifty and thirty or something ridiculous, and we'd really be able to brag. And now we can't thump our chests, and it's all your. That is my turn now. Yep, yep, go ahead. All right, I'm giving my John Reed Award uh, to the draft, but not actually to the draft. Um, More to the league's handling of a subpar draft class in a number of different ways. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to rag on you guys too much, but, like, all the bitching on the board about it got a little old. And then everyone talking about not signing their picks, like, Okay, so that's fine. So you all draft crappy guys in the first round this year, and then nobody signs them, and then we've got 65 picks in the first round next year. Like, what do you think <laughs> the bottom half of the first round is going to look like next year? It's going to be the same thing. Yep. So I don't have a handy solution for this. I just think we should all suck it up and handle it like we would a normal draft and move on with our lives. Oh, yeah, soapbox. And, Love it. And rant. I don't 
All right, Joe, go ahead. Yours is funny. Henry. This is funny. Uh, my John Reed Award. Uh, it's going to be straight from the camp of Boise, and it's uh, Motonobu Yamashita's hamstring uh, deserves the award. Um, when you know, when I had him, I knew he was he was fan. Uh, he he had uh, a couple hamstring strains uh, last year. Uh, he missed a couple games here and there, and he missed a couple weeks. Uh, but this year, he's uh, he's already had three hamstring injuries. Uh, nothing major, uh, but uh, spring training, he had two hamstring injuries. And uh, opening week, he had a, a hamstring strain. So uh, uh, let's uh, let's uh, work on the hamstrings uh, in the offseason and uh, not uh, not have that affect uh, your team when it's seven and twenty-two through the first month of the year. <laughs> All right. Hamstring strain. That's... <laughs> oh, you know what's going to happen. The next sim is what? Tomorrow at 7 a.m.? Hamstring strain. And we're going to get the injury <laughs> report, and there's going to be, there he's going to be with a hamstring strain. And then our phones are going to start blowing up. Joe's going to be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. He has had five hamstring related injuries in his very short career. Oh, God. Is, is what's his injury status or uh, whatever it is. Fragile. Fragile? Well, I'd, Fragile. I'd say so. Fragile. Only his hamstrings though. I uh Red? yeah, I mean Actually, if, all yeah. of his leg, his whole all of his legs oh. bad. Oh, that bad, is bad. not going right, to age well. Right leg. Right knee, right leg, right foot, right leg. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh he needs a bionic leg, clearly. Bionic leg. Bionic leg. All right. How many uh, is that? <laughs> you have to talk to Recti and get a special arrangement worked out. <laughs> we'll get Ron. I think, I think you're talking Recti points on that. That's a different a whole different currency. <laughs> we'll get Ron to make a chart and graph about it and <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh all right. So yeah, we're one month in. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You two are probably not. <laughs> but uh, uh, any like overall <laughs> lasting, uh, lasting thoughts here as we uh, as we actually keep a podcast under an hour for the first time ever? <laughs> not really. I don't know. It's I'm, April. I'm just excited to see how the, uh, the schedule works out. Just excited to excited to play sixty straight days of games in August and September and make the playoffs and then lose in the first round. Oh, you ain't making the playoffs. <laughs> Shots if, fired. I, if I have anything to say about it. Shots fired. Shots fired. You always have something to say about everything. Well, that is why we're making a podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh so we're gonna do this every month. Uh the format will uh Evolve. That's a good word. As we do this, yeah, I need to start tracking uh, home run splits. That's a good one. Uh, if uh, if you're listening to this and you want to join us, it'll just be essentially uh, join our division panel discussion. Yeah, ideally you're in our division if you're listening <laughs> to this, or or you're some kind of crazy junkie. You're very shoeless at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, or if anyone has any suggestions on things we can track, um, yeah, definitely adding the home road splits. That's uh, to make this 
I don't know. My idea is that this is, uh, you know, essentially one of those talking head studio shows where we kind of just go rabble, rabble, rabble. This is what happened. And we tend to have a crystal ball. Yeah, even though we don't. And uh, I don't know. Frontier is clearly, clearly better than the Atlantic at this point. That's that's the only thing I know. Nerd. Even with Boise. Come even on. with Boise. <laughs> All right, um, so I guess that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Uh, do you guys want to say – oh, did, I don't even think we actually introduced anyone. No. But uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, uh, I am Brett Schrader, the uh, GM of Las Vegas. <laughs> and with me, we had Fred, Fred from Mexico City. Yep. And Joe and, from Boise. And Joe from Boise. <laughs> oh. You and your Pacific time zone. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll be back uh, next month, which <laughs> is actually only like a week and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> See you then. <laughs>